Coming to you via the internet and your friends at PipesMagazine.com, it's the Pipes Magazine radio show. Six more months of this show and this will be the longest job this guy's been able to hold down. Now, I invite you to sit back, relax, the smoking lamp is lit. Here's your host, Brian Levine. Welcome, welcome, welcome. It is the Pipes Magazine radio show. Yes, the sometimes irreverent, sometimes educational, but always entertaining weekly pipe smoking broadcast. And I am your host, Brian Levine. Welcome to fall 2017 in the uh, Northern Hemisphere. Uh, For those of you in the Southern Hemisphere, welcome to spring. (laughs) Uh, Funny how that works out. Anyway, on tonight's show in Pipe Parts, a uh, trip report to the Kansas City Pipe Show. Uh, And then my guest is pipe maker Ryan Alden. Brought Ryan back on. It's been uh, over three years since we first talked to him and... uh, just wanted to, you know, wanted to see what has changed, what's different about him, and uh, anyway, we'll have you'll you'll hear that uh, music, mailbag, and a fall pipe smoking related rant. All that coming up on uh, this week's episode of the Pipes Magazine Radio Show. And remember, you must be of legal smoking age wherever you're listening to this fine show to listen to this show. And I'm not sure how we really age identify, age verify you're old enough. But anyway, there, I said it and you have to be it. So therefore, it must be. <laughs> um, also, I want to remind you, uh, ratings and reviews on iTunes are greatly appreciated. We uh, It's been a while since we've had one, and we would love to get one of those. And uh, listen, if you're in a forum on Facebook or a pipe-smoking forum on uh, the interwebs or in a pipe club, please share the Pipes Magazine radio show with all your friends. Uh, share Country Squire Radio with all your friends. And, uh, you know, let's keep these two fine programs full of new listeners and uh, don't hold out. You know, don't don't keep it a secret. Uh, just post it on uh, post it on Twitter or on Facebook or wherever that you're listening to the to these shows and you know keep this uh, keep this form of uh, pipe smoking related information and entertainment going and available for all of you for a long long time. So yeah, do us a favor and share it all out there. We would greatly appreciate that. All right, everybody, let's get the show rolling. So sit back, relax, fire up a bowl. Thank you all for tuning in, and here we go. So my uh, trip to Kansas City for the pipe show began uh, last Thursday when I flew from Charlotte to Kansas City. Got in at about uh, about one thirty, got to the hotel and got checked in by about two thirty. And of course, my uh, my original plan for the trip to Kansas City got altered the week before when I uh, left my employment with Speccom. So. I found myself with a, a couple of hours just to kind of relax in the hotel and then wait for the annual uh, uh, Pipe Club Thursday night gathering at uh, at Cigar and Tobacco in Overland Park, Kansas. And they always do that the Thursday before the pipe show. So you get about uh, 40, I would say there's 45 or 50 people there all jammed into the smoke shop, all smoking our pipes and saying hello to each other and meeting with each other. Uh, always a lot of fun. And uh, uh, two remarkable things. One, the club brought in a, a local barbecue place and uh, catered a dinner for everybody. 
uh, of note, those were probably the best uh, barbecue baked beans I've ever had. I mean, the best. I went back for seconds and thirds, and uh, thankfully I had the hotel room to myself. Uh, the other thing is, uh, yeah, if you can picture it, uh, during that night, and I won't mention how or why, but I got Mike McNeil speechless again. Uh, but other than that, just a great time and a great chance to sit and hang out with everybody and uh, visit. And then 9.30 came rolling around, and back to the hotel I went and off to bed. Um, Friday, my dad's family is from Kansas City, both Kansas and Missouri, and one of the places that I hadn't visited before was the location of my grandparents' grocery store that they opened in 1935-36 and then had to close when my grandfather got drafted into World War II. So with uh, after lunch with Mike and Mary McNeil, uh, Mary and I drove over there and pulled up in front of this building and I said, you know what, I'm going to walk in. Uh, it's occupied by a property management company. I told them who I was and why I was here, showed them a, a picture of a flyer that I have from an ad from 1941 for that uh, grocery store. It was November of 41, and they were the nicest, kindest people you could ever meet. They let us, gave us a tour of the whole building, and uh, just going back to the 30s and 40s, my grandparents' grocery store was the was one of the two businesses on the first floor. And then on the second floor were two apartments, and my grandparents, the store was on the left half of the building, and their apartment was on the uh, top half of uh, the top left half of the building. So they even let us, uh, took us on a tour up there, and then later on found a picture of my, uh, of Carl's Market in Kansas City. So uh, we'll post that picture on the radio show page, and that was just, that was, that was a really great way to start off the weekend. Um, after that, went back to the hotel room, relaxed for a couple of hours, and then uh, the party started in the smoking tent. Now, I will say I have been accused of not mentioning names, and uh, Dan Coomer, Casey Ghost, uh, accused me of that. And I'm going to continue doing that, except it was great to see Dan. And uh, you know, the the beauty of a uh, the beauty of a smaller pipe show like Kansas City or Columbus or St. Louis. Uh, is you really get a chance because everybody's kind of hanging out in the same area. Well, you really get a chance, like on Friday evening, it was just five or six hours of bouncing around the smoking tent and having dinner and uh, sitting back and drinks with people. And you really get a chance to actually have a real conversation and get to visit with them. Uh, the club on Friday night opened up some vintage tobaccos, so there was some uh, uh, early 2000s uh, Escudo that I got to smell. I didn't want to smoke it because I was afraid it would ruin my palate for everything else. Uh, but they, uh, you know, they opened up some vintage tobaccos, and it was just sitting around smoking and talking, and it was uh, really nice. Um, of course, with uh, without having a table to get to on Saturday morning and set up. Guess what? I didn't have to worry about how late I stayed out, and I might have had one beer more than I should have, but it was a lot of fun. Uh, Saturday at the pipe show, the uh, attendance was okay. I noticed that there were a few less tables rented than in the past, and my thing is when I'm at a pipe show, I have a specific target of what I'm looking for. 
because I don't want to get caught up in the impulse purchases and then have some buyer's remorse. But I also keep my eye open for things that I like. I tend to aim towards estate pipes. And I've mentioned it in the past. I would just, I'd rather, uh, you know, limit my purchases to estate pipes that are in good condition instead of falling in love with every new pipe that walks by. Well, I did a good job of not uh, of not buying anything, but I did fall in love with a couple of new pipes. Uh, in particular, uh, uh, Micah had a uh, had just a, a gorgeous one of his handmaids on the Briarworks table. Uh, there was a couple of Briarworks pipes that I really kind of fell in love with, but they were just too the bowl diameter was too small for my uh, for my bowl cap. And then on the estate side, um, Rex Poggenpaul of the Chicago Pipe Club fame had a beautiful display of some of his pipes that were for sale and some from his collection that were mostly bamboo. Uh, Fast forward to the next day, and the reason why Rex brought mostly bamboo pipes to display and put up for sale was because the Carver's Contest this year was for... uh, was for bamboo pipes, any pipe with bamboo. And I got to see the seven pipes that won the set, all really beautiful. And in particular, Scotty Pearsall made a just a gorgeous display for the pipes. I mean, absolutely beautiful. So search around on the Internet. I'm not going to tell you who won because I'm not sure it's okay to publicly release that yet. Uh, and I'm just going to say they're beautiful, but search around and you might find some... Uh, pictures or indications of who it was that won and i'll let them uh, do the release of that information when it comes up um again saturday night and just another night uh, another nice kind of warm evening of sitting out in the smoking tent and drinking and then sunday afternoon at uh, 3 34 o'clock when the show was kind of wrapped up i sat down outside had a, a bottle of water and a cup of coffee smoked a pipe with some friends and then headed home and that is, to me, a perfect three-night pipe show weekend. And there's really, again, I spent a total of um, $20 on a tin of tobacco. And uh, what else did I buy? Well, 20 bucks on a tin of tobacco and a couple of meals and some drinks. That was it. There you go. All right. In just a minute, my conversation with uh, Ryan Alden. <laughs> This is Internet Radio. Italians have always been known for their aesthetic passion. It's their birthright, their legacy. And just like Savinelli, it continues to grow and evolve. It is ever-changing. Milan, 1876. Achilles Savinelli set out to change the way the world viewed smoking pipes, opening one of the world's first specialist tobacco shops. From one small storefront to a factory that delivered handmade pipes all over the world, the legacy he forged became one filled with success and prestige. Achilles' dream is carried on today by his family, who continues the Savinelli legacy. Each year, Savinelli debuts a series of new, forward-thinking designs comprised of quality-crafted pipes shaped from some of the best briar in the world. Behind every beautiful object, there's a story. Start your own chapter. Visit your local tobacconist or premium online dealer today. We are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show, and joining us for a second time is... uh, 
pipe maker Ryan Alden started out as a humble truck driving pipe smoking guy that wanted to start making pipes and then uh we first knew him as Lone Star now we know him as the uh the highly acclaimed highly rated uh Ryan Alden pipes so Ryan it's been just over three years but uh welcome back to the pipes magazine radio show thanks for having me Brian I appreciate it yeah I'm kind of excited about this because we had we had talked about it and of course yeah the last time we talked to you it was my plea was to try to keep you so busy making pipes that you didn't have time to get in a truck and uh and haul a and haul a load across the country so Tell us now, are you a full-time, 100% pipe maker? Yep. And yep, that's all I do. And, uh, and, I mean, how's it going? Is it, the, uh, is it the glorious lifestyles of the rich and famous that you thought it would be? Well, it's a great lifestyle. I love it. I've got nothing to complain about. So. <laughs> and you've moved out on to, uh, what, further out onto the prairie somewhere? Yeah, we lived in Dallas, and uh, my wife was laid off of the job she'd worked for 20 years, and at that point, there was no really no good reason to stay in the city, so we moved out here to the middle of nowhere in East Texas, and been loving it. So, uh, you know, sometimes you get a flock of uh, a flock of geese flying by. Other times, you might get a what a, a bull that's on a rampage out there. <laughs> No, but my next-door neighbor is a jackass, so sometimes, uh, you know, in the middle of of this uh, interview, you may hear him in the background uh, braying his head off, begging for a carrot, so just a warning. Well, it may be like a live episode of Hee Haw. (laughs) All right, so let's go back, because, you know, I'm... I've been on a kick for a while trying to explain to people that, you know, honestly, the the uh, the life of a full-time pipe maker is uh, not exactly glorious. I mean, you're what what's a what's an average day in the workshop for you? I mean, when do you start? When do you quit? How many hours are you out there? Oh, you know, generally about a generally most days are about a 12 hour day for me. Uh, but I don't work the whole 12 hours and, and that's the, you know, that's the nice thing about doing this for a living. Uh, you know, when I basically clock in, uh, I generally close the shop up about 10, 11, 12 hours later. Uh, but in between, you know, I'll go walk the dogs for 45 minutes along the way, stop and eat dinner. Um, you know, I'll do just probably two hours out of the day that I'm doing something, um, something different. So generally about eight to 10 or 11 hours that I'm actually working in the shop every day. And that's every day though. <laughs> that, <laughs> so that's your, your days a week for me. Your union doesn't give you Sundays and holidays off. No, no, no. Unfortunately, uh, I hadn't got that, that deal worked out. <laughs> now I, how many, I mean, I think the last time we talked, you were looking at making like 60 or 70 pipes. Plus you were still doing the occasional truckload here and there. Um, right. Uh, yeah. How many pipes a year do you think you're able to make now? I still don't make a lot of pipes, um, because, uh, because it takes me a really long time. I'm, I'm one of the slower, 
uh, guys that, that does this full-time for a living. And uh, so generally I'll spend the better part of probably two days working on most pipes. Um, so I'm making, I make 150, 150 to 200 pipes a year. 200 may be stretching it, but somewhere in range. And so two days, you're looking at uh, 16 to 20 hours per pipe. Um, right. I, you know, three years ago, four years, four years ago, I think when, when you and I first really met, we talked about some things that I thought would improve your pipes. Uh, your speed hasn't picked up, but I know they've improved dramatically because I own a couple of the uh, more recent ones. Uh, what are uh, are you willing to tell us? You know, what are some of the little things that you've learned in the last two or three years that you've been able to add into your uh, add into your pipe making process? Um, you know, I, I really haven't added a lot uh, a lot to the way I do it. It's really more uh, just doing each step better. You know, every time I do it. Uh, so it's, it's really attention to detail more than more than adding extra details that weren't there three years ago. It's just uh, you know being better at doing each one of those details. Um, so, but I basically, I you know, I, I basically make them the same way, and uh, that's part of what takes so long is that uh, you know the details uh, across the line of of, of pipes. You know, the shape will change, the size will change, the style will change, but the details are basically the same. You know, uh, the pipes are drilled the same way. Uh, each little detail where the, you know, the, the end of the airway is chamfered, where it comes into the uh, mortise, uh, you know, that's a detail that's on every single pipe that I make. Uh, the way the end of the tenon is uh, done is consistent. Every single pipe that I make is done the same way. The way the airways opened up in the stem, uh, you know, every single pipe, no matter whether it's a, you know, a blowfish or a billiard or, you know, any pipe that I make, basically those details will be the same. And uh, so, so that's a big reason why I don't rush what I do is because I want that consistency. You know, I want to make sure I didn't forget this or forget that or, you know, do something sloppy along the way. So that's really what takes so long is just the attention to detail that I put into, you know, the pipes that I make. So it's, it's fair to say that the, uh, that the exterior shape, the, the internal engineering details are still the same. It's just the, the shaping is, uh, just the, the, the aesthetics of the pipe. Yeah, more or less. I mean, for me anyway, uh, that's the main thing that's changed is the aesthetics over the years. Uh, and I've changed some things. You know, the the, the way that I do, say, the button uh, on a stem, you know, uh, that's changed. The bite zone uh, has changed a little bit, just small tweaks over time to, to something that I like better, I think is more comfortable or, uh, you know, or whatever. Uh, but, but basically the construction is about the same and it's really just the aesthetics, you know, the, the, uh, you know, the finish and the shaping being just right, you know, things like that have improved for sure. Are you, are you still kind of doing one pipe all the way through from start to finish? Or are you kind of doing 
shaping of three or four bowls and then back to the stems and back and forth? Um, I actually have tried just about every way that you can do it. And, uh, you know, I've tried working in small batches. I've tried doing two pipes at a time, three pipes at a time, 20 pipes at a time. And, uh, you know, what I've found that I like best actually is just one pipe start to finish. You know, just focus on that one thing and just, you know, go step by step by step. But, uh, but there's something to be said for working in batches. I mean, that's, you know, you can do the same quality of work, um, you know, because you do one step, but you do it 10 times. Uh, but the problem, what I don't like about doing it that way is, is certain steps, you know, are really enjoyable. Uh, <laughs> designing a pipe, laying it out, drilling it, you know, all that's fun. Uh, but something like sanding, hand sanding the stem, uh, you know, when you have to do that 10 times in a row and your, you know, your knuckles are aching and your wrist hurts from, you know, holding a little piece of sandpaper, you know, so that's the main reason I don't do big batches most of the time is, uh, the parts that you don't like, boy, you spend a long, a lot of time doing the parts you don't like all at once. Have you done any club pipes? Uh, I'm actually doing the Kansas City Club Pipe, uh, and I'm not sure if they're still taking orders for that or not. But the uh, but the uh, Kansas City Club Pipe next year I'll be doing. So for a, for a full time pipe maker, when you're doing a you're doing a club pipe, that's the same shape over and over again. Are you going to work that in and kind of sprinkle it in amongst your regular production so that you can, like, you know, get food money on a regular basis? Or are you going to shut down your entire production and just do that shape? Well, something like that. Uh, actually, we'll have we'll have the orders in here pretty soon, so I'll know exactly how many we're doing. And then I've got until next year to finish them all. So when I'm working on something like that, uh, I'm sure I will end up doing uh, a bat. And uh, I'll probably, like you said, sort of sprinkle it in, you know, spend uh, a day or two days getting all of the blocks laid out and drilled, you know, and then set them all on the shelf. And then a week later or two weeks later, come back and pick it up and do, you know, one more step. Yeah, um, But then when I get to... When I get to the, you know, filing stems or hand sanding or something like that, you know, I'll probably try not to do all of them at once. Because, yeah, yeah, you do have to, you have to make them look the same. You have to make them to the same dimensions. And then at the same time, you really can't just afford to shut down your regular production all at the same time because right. you've got other customers. Right. Right. Yeah, and it's probably oh, three weeks or a month's worth of work. So, yeah, you're exactly right. The bills don't shut down for a month. So, <laughs> Are you sure? I mean, it's Texas. You just can't wait for the, <laughs> the Pony Express can't just take a month off and not come by? Well, I mean, I could get a letter from my mom saying I was really busy this month and <laughs> didn't have the money for my electric bill. But I hate to bother her with something like that. <laughs> and 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 I guess I I would understand from yeah I'd understand from talking to you that you don't you don't really like doing the same shape one after another after another you you enjoy the variety of the different different shapes of pipes 
Yeah, I've always kind of been that way. You know, I've never really focused on one shape for too long. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of stuff that I make very regularly, you know, uh, an LB, Chevy Billiard. Uh, you know, I'm, I've always got one of those popping up in the lineup or a, a Labatt or, you know, there's a lot of shapes that I do on a regular basis, but, but, uh, you know, I try to do a little bit of everything, you know, and, and I'll find a shape that I, that I like a lot and I'll make it, you know, pretty regularly for four or five months. And, and, uh, when people get tired of seeing those for sale, you know, I tend to move on and find something else that, <laughs> that, uh, they do want. So. Or you, or you're sitting there working on that seventeenth billiard in a row, and you go, "I got an idea." <laughs> yeah. And then off on the tangent he goes. Uh, we'll take a break right here, and we come back. We'll talk more with Ryan. So stay with us. We'll be back in just a minute. I'm Jeremy Reeves, head blender of Cornell and Deal Pipe Tobacco Company. Since 1990, Cornell & Deal has been producing high-quality pipe tobacco, expertly blended by hand using time-honored methods, unique recipes, and no small amount of innovation. One example of such innovation is our bestseller, Autumn Evening. We start with whole leaf red Virginia and strip the stems by hand. The tobacco is then cut into ribbons and cooked for two days according to our unique recipe to create our special Red Virginia Cavendish. Then we infuse the tobacco while it's still hot with our secret flavoring to achieve the sublime sweetness, deep flavor, and delightful aroma that makes Autumn Evening so well-loved by our loyal customers and everyone around them as they enjoy this very special blend. Cornell & Deal Pipe Tobacco Company. It's a labor of love. Contact your local or online retailer for information. We are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show, revisiting with uh, pipe maker Ryan Alden. And um, I, so I've noticed you tend to uh, put your pipes up on uh, Facebook and post them as just off the bench and stuff like that. Uh, are your pipes kind of selling about as fast as you can make them? Um, I'd say so. Probably faster than I can make them, actually. I'm usually backlogged. Um, but yeah, for the most part, you know, that's, that's, uh, something that I've been blessed with is, uh, that ability to, to make something and put it up for sale and, and not, uh, you know, not have to look at it for a month before someone picks it up. So I actually, I get nervous if I list something for sale and it's still there, you know, a day later I start getting nervous, but <laughs> So, so are are most of your uh is a lot of your work done on a commission? Yeah, probably. Actually really the majority of what I do is commissions and uh you know, I generally have you know, generally it stays about ten to twenty pipes on the list, you know, as I work through them and get two or three or four marked off the list, generally I'll, you know, get a few emails in or a few phone calls and and the list is right back up there again. So it's always nice, and it's and, you know it's kind of a it's kind of a mixed blessing. I love working that way, um, but it does sometimes keep me from 
branching out and doing new shapes, you know, because usually a commission is something either that the customer has in mind as their perfect pipe or it's something that, uh, that I've made in the past and they say, hey, could you make a pipe just like this but with a tan stain instead of red? And uh, so because I spend so much time doing commissions, a lot of times it's hard to, you know, if I draw something out on paper and find a new shape that I like, sometimes it's hard to work that into the lineup just because I'm always catching up on commissions. Yeah, I mean, it, it kind of does uh, crimp the, again, the fun part of for you is, you know, doing a variation on a shape or doing a, doing a tweaking to, uh, but... We're going to see you coming up here at the West Coast Pipe Show out in Vegas. So I'm assuming yep. now you're going to start prepping for the show so you'll set pipes aside that will just go to the show? You know, in an ideal world, that's the way it works. But, uh, you know, in, in my world... Uh, <laughs> uh, it's tough to do. Uh, generally, when I make a pipe, you know, uh, I've got a bill coming up two days after the pipe's finished and needs to be paid. So, uh, generally, I, I just, you know, can't afford to hold back much. Usually what happens before a show, and anybody that's seen me at a show can attest to this, but uh, usually what happens is about two weeks before the show comes up, I start scrambling, <laughs> and I spend the next 14 days, you know, instead of working the uh, 11, 12-hour days, I work 15, 16-hour days, and uh, then it gets right up to crunch time, and I end up spending the last two days before the show, you know, sleeping for an hour, get to the show, ready to pass out, eyes beat red, you know, no sleep for two weeks, and uh, generally, that's how I end up with pipes for a show, but... <laughs> You're on the airplane with the pipe sitting on your lap, and you got the little vent up above you trying to get the stain dry on it. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you how tired I was at Chicago this year. Uh, I got on the plane, I sat down as the plane started back backing up to you know, taxi down the runway. Closed my eyes just for a second, and I woke up as we were dropping down the land in Chicago. So. <laughs> That's that's a pretty good nap right there when you can sleep through the whole takeoff and you know passing out peanuts and so and yeah yeah I mean and that boy if you can do that that's a beautiful flight too because you, <laughs> you didn't have any complaints did you? Uh, no, it worked out well for me. Uh, you didn't wake uh, up with inappropriately snuggling with the passenger next to you, did you? You know, that's always a concern of mine. <laughs> or for all I know, I could have been snoring like a grizzly bear the whole flight. I mean, I really uh, I really couldn't say. Uh, you're kind of big. I bet you got some cushy shoulders to lean on. <laughs> uh, I, I wouldn't know, but um, I, I'm just guessing. Uh, <laughs> So with with all these with all these commissions going on, and I, I didn't pre-authorize this question with you, but I'm gonna ask it anyway. Uh, has there been any really crazy, weird stuff that people have wanted you to make, and you just said you just had to say uh, no? Um, you know, not really. Um, not really, because most of the people that 
are interested in one of my pipes. I mean, the, the one thing I'm most known for is doing classic shapes. And uh, so most people that come to me for a pipe, that's what they're looking for, you know, a bulldog or a lavat or a billiard or, you know, pretty classic shapes for the most part. Um, but I will. I mean, I have um, really just made suggestions, you know, a few times like, yeah, I'm not. I don't stain pipes blue or green or purple or, you know, anything like that. So if someone hits me with something like that, you know, I might consider it uh, for the right pipe. But but usually, you know, if I just suggest, hey, could we do this red or, you know, something different? Because yeah. uh, I'm, I'm pretty conservative uh, when it comes to design and especially with colors. And uh, so... I don't get into a lot of the crazier Cumberland colors, uh, which there's some neat stuff out there. But, um, you know, for me, I try to move the pipe to the color of the stem as much as possible. And some of the wilder Cumberland colors, you know, unless it's going on a black glass pipe or a mortar pipe, uh, it's hard to make that look right to me. Um, but, of course, you know, most of the time I'll do something like that. Uh, if it's a really bad idea, you know, I probably would tell someone that, but <laughs> I haven't had too many problems with it. <laughs> so do you think, I mean, I, you know, I was at the Kansas City Pipe Show. I was in Columbus, and I and I do see some pipes that some of these guys have done some uh, done some pretty wild color combinations. And, you know, you look at it, and I guess from... Uh, you know, without really thinking about it, boy, if that color doesn't work for you, it really does kind of limit the the type of buyer for that pipe. Yeah, and, and that's another thing. You know, I've always been a you know a, a working stiff more than an artist, and so uh, I think that's kind of what's gotten me this far in the game is that uh, you know. I don't make a lot of pipes that are just for that one person out there, but that's exactly what they're looking for. You know, I tend to really pay attention to feedback. And so, like I was saying earlier, if I make a pipe and I'm looking at it two days later, I start getting nervous because generally I've got some bill to pay. <laughs> um, and But, but what will happen is I'll start critiquing that pipe, and maybe there's nothing wrong with it. You know, maybe it just was an off week or, you know, no telling. Uh, but I'll start critiquing that pipe the longer I look at it. And eventually I'll get to a point that, you know, that I'm just convinced it's a terrible pipe. And chances are I'll never make a pipe like that again. And uh, so, but that, that really narrows down the work that I do uh, to the point that, you know, if I make a pipe, there may be 10 people that want that pipe instead of just that one guy out there that does exactly what he's looking for. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, you do... When you, when you work in the classics, you do definitely keep the uh, you, you keep a wider market target for your pipes. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, and the other thing too is I don't mind. And if you look at all of the pipes that I made, I mean, I'm talking like all I make are billiards and and lavats, and, uh, and that's not true. You know, I make some some uh, more modern shapes and some stuff that's more out there for sure. Um, but what I consistently make are, you know, um, just the really nice classics, you know. Yeah, and apparently you make some nice panels, too. 
yeah, that's something I've really been enjoying lately. I mean, is it when you're doing a panel? Is it really as hard as it looks to try to get a square shank to line up to a square bowl? You know, it's um, it's very technical, and and it sort of suits me. That's kind of how I like to work. Is is really technical um, details. Um, so it's you know it's not really any more difficult than than doing the next shape. It just uh, has its own set of rules. You know, there's a certain way that you that a certain that you work through the steps. You know, in the shank square, getting the side of the pipe squared, the front and the back squared, <laughs> and, and making all those cuts perfectly at a right angle, and making sure that all that the pipe doesn't give you any weird spots when you start cutting into them. Sure. <laughs> but you know, any any pipe is that way. Uh, you know, any pipe. If you're making a billiard, uh, it's really tough to make the left side of the bowl look exactly like the right side of the bowl. You know, it's still a really technical, um, detailed. It, it's still not easy, is it? <laughs> right, right. And so that's and it's the same thing with doing a panel. It's not easy. Uh, but it just it comes with its own set of rules. Uh, but, I, but I like them, and I like I love the look of a panel pipe. When you uh, so when you 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 get all prepped for the pipe show, you're drying stain on the airplane, or you're snoring like a bear next to some <laughs> next to some, some poor some poor old lady. Uh, you get to the pipe show, so you've crunched a couple of weeks before you get there. Now you're at the show and you're going to be there for, you know, two, three days. So that's a couple of days out of the workshop at least. Uh, but right. do you, I, I would imagine it's, I would imagine it's true, but do you, you get spent, do you spend as much time looking at other pipe makers stuff as you do, you know, trying to sit and sell your own stuff? Well, it's, it's tough to, I mean, it's hard to, you know, Usually it's it's tough. I'll try to make it to all the tables once, or at least you know walk down every aisle once. Uh, but it is hard. It's hard to stop and take the time to pick up pipes and really look at the details. But uh, but I always do to some extent. You know anything that catches my eye, uh, especially if it's something that that I like that I'm not that good at. Um, you know I'll stop it if I see you know really exceptional looking uh, blowfish or you know, or whatever shape, you know, stop and try to take the time to figure out, okay, uh, what is it about this pipe that I like? You know, is it the line, the shape, the size, the, you know, um, so I definitely do some of that, but, but, uh, yeah. And then, and then, and then of course the other, the other part of the discussion is that I wanted to, that I wanted to emphasize is, yeah. And, and this is a double-edged sword for me because I'm, I'm both, yeah, you know, somebody that's aware of what it takes to make a living, and I'm also a consumer. Um, yeah, there's just yeah, it, it pipe making's not an easy. It, it's not an easy, glorious job. Uh, and you're one of the few that I know of in the U.S. that is a fully independent pipe maker and full time. So you don't have the luxury of some of these guys that are doing it part-time and it's kind of their stress relief from their full-time job right uh 
so that means that <laughs> that means that you got to be good and perfect and on for every pipe while these guys can yeah they they can go into their workshop on the weekend and yeah make a pipe or two over the weekend and uh and yeah play around and have fun but you got to get down and dirty and produce sure no that's exactly right Makes you want to get back in a truck and do a couple of hauls a month, doesn't it? <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, you know, yes and no. It's uh, I'm sure they have more fun when they're doing it. Uh, you know, it's like a, a buddy of mine that, that I've known for years and years. He loved to fish. So he said, okay, the perfect job for me is a fishing guide. He did that for about two years, and and uh, all of a sudden he realized that fishing is a lot of work. <laughs> you know, when it's a hobby that you do, you know, uh, when you feel like it, it's one thing. But when you got to get out of bed, you know, every day of the week at three thirty in the morning to go get the boat ready and you know get everything going, and then spend twelve hours on the water, whether you like it or not, is just a whole different thing. And uh, and if you think your neighbor's so, a jackass, just wait until you get some tourists in a boat with you for a whole day. Yeah, sure, <laughs> so sure. I had, uh, but I, it is. I had to go there. <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, but it's a lot of work. Um, it is, and uh, and I don't, I don't have the luxury of experimenting on something, and spending a month, uh, you know, playing with a. Uh, a new shape that may go somewhere and it may not. And so those are advantages to just doing it for fun. I mean, you can do whatever you want to do. And uh, like you said, for, you know, for anyone that's doing it day in and day out, uh, that's how you have to do it, you know, day in and day out. And you have to produce something and, uh, and you have to produce something that someone wants to buy. Well, well, apparently you're doing it if the average uh, if the average time for sale of one of your pipes is about eight hours. <laughs> sometimes quicker, sometimes not quite that fast. <laughs> so, so you're either but, doing, you're you're either making really good pipes or your pipes are way underpriced, but you really haven't changed your pricing in the last three years. No, it hasn't gone up a lot. It really hasn't. Um, but, but that's okay. I mean, to me, I'm in a better boat, um, making a little bit less, but not having to work. You know, I mean, that's almost like a, a whole separate job, uh, yeah. selling the pipes. And, um, so that kind of takes, takes that out of the equation when they, when they basically sell themselves. Um, uh, that's one less thing that I have to do. Uh, where it really would be a lot more work if, if I doubled my prices. You know, I would have to work, spend a lot more time trying to sell each one of the pipes. Um, and that's and that's really what it comes down to, too, is that um, being successful or at least moderately successful doing this, your job is not just making pipes. Um, you know, your job is also... Uh, going to all the pipe shows, you know, putting your pipes in front of people so they can see what you're making, um, you know, answering emails back and forth, uh, answering phone calls. Um, <laughs> some you know, and that some is, of them from people that just job. some of them from people that just want to talk to you about it, <laughs> like me. 
which is fine. Yeah, and that's fine with me. I mean, I love, um, you know, I love fights. That's my passion. That's why I do this. And so I don't mind, you know. Uh, when I'm at a pipe show, I bet it isn't, you know, maybe one in ten people that I spend time with that is actually looking to buy a pipe from me. But uh, but I'm not there. You know, obviously I have to sell some pipes while I'm there, but that's not why I go. I go because that's what I love. I mean, I love pipes. I love talking about pipes, showing off pipes, looking at pipes, uh, learning things about pipes that I never knew. <laughs> and uh, so that's fine. I mean, I always talk about pipes. And and you like going to restaurants, too, because you don't have any out where you live. <laughs> well, we got a couple, but, you know, once you eat eating at the same place, Oh, three dozen times, you know, the, the new wears off. <laughs> uh, on the other hand, you can just go out to the out to the back pasture and, uh, you know, bring in whatever's alive out there. And <laughs> and that's more like what I actually do. We uh, we don't really go out anyway, so it works out fine for us. We pretty much cook everything here, and, and uh, right. I like it better. Your uh, your your union job there doesn't even allow for a lunch break. Oh no, that's uh, you know that's about the only thing I've got. Uh, the only benefit that I've got is I can take a break about any time I want. <laughs> Just don't let your boss catch you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So in in addition to losing a couple of days in the shop, uh, you also have to spend all that money to you know to come. To fly out to fly out to the pipe show, a couple nights in the hotel, and uh, meals and all that stuff. That's sure. That backs you up a couple of couple more pipes that you got to make. Sure. Uh, but then yeah, we. But you know that's that's part of it. Well, and we wouldn't get to see your smiling face either. <laughs> yeah, I think that's that's always my favorite part of uh, of a pipe show. Is you know it's a uh, just like family, you know, the people that you do get to see every show and a lot of, you know, a lot of my uh, best friends in the industry um, and uh, people that I like to see. It may be someone I only see at the Columbus show or only see at the Vegas show or and uh, that really gives you something to look forward to. Yeah, and it does kind of, for me, it reinvigorates me because I get to see all the pipes and all the people and yeah, and, and see the people enjoying them, and yeah, I come back from a pipe show all fired up and all excited and recharged for another uh, another couple of months. Yep. All right, Ryan, we're going to wrap this up. You're going to get the fast five final questions again. I did not review them, nor did I allow you to review them from three years ago. So we're going to we're going to let the listeners decide if you've changed. So. <laughs> There's no right answer, no wrong answer, just whatever comes to your mind. Are you ready? Sure. What is your favorite pipe? My favorite pipe, pipe shape or pipe in particular? Yeah, whatever comes to your mind. <laughs> well, I have a few pipes that are special to me for one reason or another. And, uh, you know, a lot of times that's more to do with... Uh, you know, the, the memories of, you know, this pipe was with me when I was doing this or doing that. Uh, so that's probably my favorite pipe with an S would be, uh, you know, pipes that, that bring back memories. And what is your favorite tobacco? 
I still don't have a favorite tobacco. My favorite tobacco is, you know, generally I pop the top on something I haven't smoked in a year, and I'm convinced that is my favorite tobacco in the world until I get bored with it and pop the top on something. <laughs> All right. What is your favorite drink? Favorite drink? I have to go with coffee. I don't know what I said last time, but, you know, you can't, as far as I know, you can't make pipes without coffee. <laughs> I've never tried, so I don't know any different one way or the other. When it's time to relax, do you have, do you prefer a book, a movie, or music? Book. And the final question is, uh, and I'll alter this one for you just a little bit, uh, but do you have any particularly favorite pipe smoking related memories that are in the last three years? Oh, off the top of my head, no, other than just, uh, you know, sitting down with old friends and catching up, especially at pipe shows. All right. How do we follow you or find out where those pipes are right after they're done on the bench? Uh, you know, the most updated outlet is Facebook, and you can find me under Ryan Edward Alden. Uh, but other than that, you can go to my website, aldenpipes.com. Uh, you can find my pipes with smokershaven, smokingpipes.com, and Patagonia pipes when they can keep them in stock. <laughs> Well, it seems like they all have the same problem you do. Uh, Ryan, I'm looking forward to seeing you in a couple of weeks. And uh, and don't forget, we're going to go walk the strip one night just so that I can see people look at you and go, God, he's huge. Um, <laughs> and then if anybody bothers me, I'll just point at him. I'll just point at you and say, uh, he's with me. And watch him run the other way. You know, at the show last year, someone offered to pay me to walk around as a bodyguard. And uh, I wasn't sure exactly how sales were going to go. I considered it. <laughs> but uh, I, I didn't take them up on it. But we can talk numbers when I get there. Sounds good. I'm, I'll, I'll see you in a little bit. And uh, thanks for coming back on and letting me torture you again. <laughs> thanks for having me, Brian. We'll be back in just a minute. Smokingpipes.com has been my family's tradition for over 10 years. My granddad enjoys his evening pipe on the front porch. My father prefers his in the study, and well, me, I like to hang outside the local coffee shop with a pipe in one hand and my smartphone in the other. The best selection is at Smokingpipes.com. They always have the exact pipe I'm looking for. Savinelli, Peterson, Dunhill, and great stuff from dozens of top artisans around the world. Plus, they have over 70 tobacco brands with 750 blends to choose from. Lighters, tampers, tobacco jars, yep, they have that too. But the best part about SmokingPipes.com is that it's easy to order from my computer, tablet, or even my smartphone. And if Granddad has trouble with technology, he can always call them at 1-888-366-0345. I heard that. Do you think I'm deaf? I'm the one who told you about SmokingPipes.com, and I had a smartphone before you. You kids today, blah, blah. SmokingPipes.com. Make it your family tradition. This is Internet Radio. Welcome back. Hey, do me a favor. Don't buy any of Ryan's pipes. Uh, I, there's a few I've got my eye on 
few ideas, so I just don't don't buy any of his pipes. But am looking forward to seeing him in Vegas and hanging out, and uh, good to catch up with him. All right, for music, uh, normally the in the past years the Kansas City Pipe Show was in uh, June, and that would mean that we'd get to see uh, Scott Thiele. This year, because they moved to the September date, Scott couldn't make it because of his full-time job. So, in honor of uh, Scott, we'll play some really good music by his son, Chris. Uh, This is from an album of uh, Chris Thiele and Brad Maldaw, and I'm pretty sure I mispronounced that. And anyway, this one's called The Watcher.
iTunes, Spotify, and all those other places, or you can actually buy it on Amazon.com and get a uh, get a CD of it, like us old people like to do. And I'm pretty sure, I forgot to mention last week, I'm pretty sure, but that now makes uh, Chris Thiele the most played musician on the Pipes Magazine radio show, which I'm sure will be a high honor to go along with his platinum records, Grammys, and uh, you know all the other national awards that he's won. <laughs> message from the dark side there is if you have a comment or question the best way to uh, get it to me is to post it on the pipes magazine radio show page on pipesmagazine.com or email me brian at pipesmagazine.com uh if uh, if you don't get a response from my email in a couple of days do me a favor send it again it might have got caught in the spam filter but Anyway, in the mailbag, uh, talking about the dark side, Casey Ghost writes for last week's show, the behind-the-scenes episode was good, but I can see why you have limited Kevin's appearances on the show. I was surprised that you hear the, to hear that you do all the voices in the intro to the show. Obviously, you fooled me. Sorry. Um, the Muddy Waters music selection was quite good, but the Bob Hope Thanks for the Memories piece was really good. I'm not sure who the girl was. Maybe Shirley Ross. It sure was. A real trip down memory lane. Glad you liked it. Uh, Ozzy Flyer says, Excellent show. Fooled me too. Wouldn't have picked that it was Brian doing the intros. Clever stuff and yes, always entertaining. Loved Muddy Waters and please don't change the show intro music. In fact, don't change anything. Love the format. Cheers, Mike. Okay, Mike. The votes votes were in for changing the format and we're not changing. Saves me on having to do new stuff. Uh, Cosmic writes, The show was like a cross between listening to Jim Henson talk about making the Muppet show, George R. R. Martin talking, 
talk about Game of Thrones and Chuck Barris talk about his work with the CIA. Wait, did I get that right? Ha. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he goes on to write, I love the show, getting to listen while relaxing with my pipe and the eclectic but always fascinating music. I'd like to say that I've never missed a show, but for a short time there, hearing the Molta Dolce commercial was making my wife jealous. I'm ready for five more years. You got it. Five more. And Dino says, five more years, five more years, at least very entertaining show, except for Kevin and you, LOL, <laughs> Dino. Thanks, Dino. Appreciate it. Uh, all right, and I've got a personal plea, a personal plea to those in the Manchester United Kingdom area, Manchester, UK. A uh, 95% chance that my daughter will be attending the University of Manchester next spring. So please email me, reach out to me, contact me. I need to uh, build a, a barrier of pipe smokers completely around her to com to uh, com uh, to form a completely safe bubble away from all those uh, Manchester blokes and uh, wankers and all those people over there. Anyway, uh, email me, brian at pipesmagazine.com, or reach out to me somehow so that we can uh, find out about a little bit more about Manchester, a city I've never been to. And in just a moment here, rant time. Smokers of the world, this is the time of the year. Northern Hemisphere, Southern Hemisphere, this is one of the times of the year where get off your donkeys and get outside and smoke your pipes out in public. Get outside and smoke your pipes where people can see what a pipe smoker looks like. Get outside, find other pipe smokers, and form a pipe club. A pipe club doesn't have to be a formal thing. It just has to be a once-a-month thing where you set a time and a place and you get together. This is the perfect time of the year to start that. This is the perfect time of the year for you to get outside and let people know that there are still modern-day pipe smokers. Share pipe smoking with people that might happen to walk by and ask about it. Get outside. We don't want to be looked at like freaks and geeks, but... Get outside, show them what the pipe, what a pipe smoker looks like. Get outside in the in the nice fall or early spring weather and be seen as a pipe smoker. Don't be afraid, don't be shy. Yes, you'll get people that look at you funny and wonder what's really in the pipe or have comments like, Ooh, my grandfather used to smoke a pipe, but get outside and do it. This is the perfect time of the year. Make sure if you're out walking about somewhere that you have your pipe with you. If you're sitting at the mall and you want to sit down outside, bring your pipe with you. Light it up for 15, 20 minutes. We all know that if you let the pipe go out and fire it up again an hour later, it tastes even better. There is no excuse to not go out and smoke somewhere in public and be seen as a pipe smoker. Uh, this weekend we're going to a football game. I'll take my pipe with me and go into the smoking section and I will smoke my pipe there and let all those people at the football game know what a pipe smoker looks like. 
All right, there you go. Hope to see you all at the uh, West Coast Pipe Show coming up November 4th and 5th. I'm looking forward to it. Get to hang out with Ryan and a bunch of the other gang that'll be out there. Uh, comments, questions, again, email me, brian at pipesmagazine.com. And, uh, you know, to the Kansas City Pipe Club, thanks again for putting together a really warm, welcoming, and fun, relaxing show. So, with all that being said, thank you all for tuning in. Thank you to Ryan again for joining me. And until next time. the clouds when we're together just sing a song and think about sunny you people try to get a little crack late, not to jump around like a bunch of Kansas City faggots.